the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Good morning, dear children of God, and welcome to Thursday of the fifth week of Easter, today being the 19th day of May 2022. Let us call upon the Spirit of God that He may come to dwell in us. Come, 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 Holy Ghost, come. Come, 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 Holy Ghost, come. Holy Ghost, come, oh, come, oh, come. Holy Ghost, come, oh, come, oh, come, come, come. Dear children of God, the title of my homily today is Let Us All Abide in God's Love. Let us all abide in God's love. The first reading today is taken from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 15, from verse 7 to verse 21. And the Gospel reading is taken from the Gospel according to John, chapter 15, from verse 9 to verse 11. In the Gospel today, Jesus tells us, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus tells us today to abide in his love, just as he abides in the love of God the Father. And how do we abide in His love? By keeping His commandments. By keeping His commandments. And what is His commandment? He said, A new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. Jesus says Himself forth as a model, as a standard, as a major, for fulfilling God's commandments, which is namely the commandment to love. And in loving, we are to love the way he has loved us. He loved us by sacrificing himself for our redemption. He loved us by looking beyond our sin and going all out for our salvation. He loved us by not condemning us, but by showing mercy and compassion to us with a view to bringing us out of our sins. Now watch it. Jesus' love for sinners, Jesus' concern for sinners, it's not that he wished to live in sin with sinners, but that he would not want to condemn sinners, but through his coming to them, he would bring them out of their sins to live fulfilling the commandments of God. Today in the very first reading, there was a council of the early Christian community, the leaders of the early Christian community, of course under the guidance of St. Peter as the first among equals when it comes to the apostles. So God gave him that uh, privilege of the supremacy of the office of St. Peter, even though he is equal 
to his brother apostles as a bishop, he had that privilege of supremacy over them. He was their leader and their head. And today, they brought before this council of the apostles the question of what the Gentiles must do and what they must not do in order to be saved. And he made it clear, no room for adding additional burdens on the, the Gentiles, on the pagans. It is enough that they fulfill the basic commandments as given to them in Moses. Dear children of God, after the testimonies of Paul and Barnabas, James, the bishop of Rome, of Jerusalem rather, will now speak up on behalf of the other apostles and after referring to the authority of Peter, will now give a judgment of what to do. And he says, there shouldn't be any additional burden added to the Gentiles who would want to return to God because according to Peter already, God made no distinction between the Jews and the Gentiles. He gave them his Holy Spirit as he gave to the Jews. Dear children of God, as a growing child in secondary school, in the cathedral church, in the Kali Diocese of Otupo, we used to have this church warden that everybody is afraid of, especially little children that made so many little children even scared coming to church. We have the children's session and the adult section for adult masses and children masses. Now, this young man was doing a great job, a wonderful job, by ensuring that children do not come to adult mass, but they go to children mass. But one thing that I was not comfortable then with, and I was still not comfortable with, was the fact that he will give such a hard knock to any little child who tries to follow the parent to the adult church for adult mass. The knock will be so scary that the child will scream and would want to run home. I'm sure that very correction can, could have been effected in a very compassionate manner. The Bible says, correct one another with brotherly love. Doing a very good job. But the method he employed was not encouraging, especially for kids of that age. They have circumstances led to that. But the point I want to make is, we must learn not to lay burdens that we cannot carry in serving God on others. For instance, when people talk about what people should wear and what they shouldn't wear, we should be talking about decency. Not necessarily what, is, what clothes is for men and what clothes is for women. If a woman is putting on gown to church or trousers to church, if a man is putting on wrapper to church or trousers to church, the question for me should be, is this person decently dressed as a prison? For some again, you can dress with good um, masculine or feminine clothes to church and you are free to put on anything outside the church. 
I don't think it should be so. If you are a Christian in the church, you should be a Christian everywhere you find yourself. Both in your dressing and in your behavior, in your way of doing things. Again, our concern should not be about just ceremonies and rituals in serving God. Our concern should be more of having a Christ-like heart in our relationship with others and in our treatments of others. Leadership in the church and even in the society should be modeled after Jesus Christ, the leadership of Jesus Christ, who came as a servant leader. He came to serve and not to be served. And so everyone who has, who is in, a dis, in an advantaged position over others should utilize his or her advantaged position in the service of other people with the particular intent on effecting the salvation of all. And not in servicing his or her selfish interests. Yes. Somebody may say, there is reason or there is call for religious tolerance. There is need for interreligious dialogue. Very, very true. But tolerance does not mean putting aside or shelving your faith belief system, or I mean your faith or belief system, putting aside your own way of life as a Christian to imbibe or allow the way of life of other believers to thrive as against your own. Religious tolerance simply means allowing people to worship God in their own way and you worshiping God in your own way. But this allowance should be to the extent that it enhances the common good of all. Religious tolerance will not allow me to watch other people kill other human beings in the name of religion. Because you are mortgaging the salvation, the well-being. The common good of all. Interreligious dialogue does not call for me to abandon my faith simply because I need to allow others. Interreligious dialogue simply means I bring to the table my, the, 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 the articles of my faith, the values of my religious belief, and listen to others bring to the table the articles of their own faith and their religious values and see to what extent we can together promote the values that are good for the generality of the people and the salvation of all. I'm not to drop my own and just imbibe the one of others in the name of religious dialogue. We must, of course, ex Avoid any form of extremism. But at the same time, we must stand our ground to teach what is right and what is in accordance with the will of God. We must abide in the love of God and enhance or facilitate the coming into the love of God of other people. We must avoid every form of exclusivism. We must avoid every form of discrimination. We must avoid every form of anything that will make life difficult for others to know God and serve God in truth and in spirit. Our life 
must be must become light unto others that will aid people to see the right way to walk back to God and live in the love of God by obeying the commandments of God. And the only way we can do this is to we ourselves obey the commandment of God in sincerity. And the commandment of God is not far-fetched. Jesus has given it to us in summary. And in summary it is the love of neighbor as Christ Jesus himself has loved us. And the love of God with everything we've got and everything we are. May God give us that grace to sincerely abide forever in his love and become channels through which others will be brought into the love of God and aided to abide in the love of God by keeping this same commandment that Jesus has given to every created being on earth across all boards through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be assured of my prayers and my blessings always.